We're joined by a longtime uh, peace activist, uh, Medea Benjamin, um, well known for being one of the co-founders of, of Code uh, Pink. I, we've had Medea on to talk previously about some peace issues. And I initially asked her because on Tuesday, the reports had came out that some Russia-made missiles had actually uh, landed in Poland as part of the ongoing war with uh, Ukraine. And that was leading to increased calls for intervention since Poland is a member of, of, of NATO. But it, it seems to have been diffused a little bit in, in, in more recent hours. But can you give us um, an update as to what's going on? Well, it was a very scary time yesterday when it seemed like this might have been inadvertently a missile from Russia, but that that would be a justification for invoking Article 4, getting an emergency meeting together of NATO, and then potentially invoking Article 5, which is calling for NATO countries to defend another NATO country, which would have meant a, um, a massive escalation of this war. Uh, luckily, it turns out that this was not a Russian missile, but it was a Ukraine missile that was um, inadvertently uh, sent into Poland, and that this has calmed the tensions. I'm, I do want to point out that Secretary General of NATO, Jen Stoltenberg, uh, did come out and say, well, in any case, this is not Ukraine's fault, it's Russia's responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. Uh, while he was quite hawkish about the whole thing, uh, others, including the U.S., were seemed uh, happy to walk it back because they have been anxious not to have a direct war with Russia. And this uh, moment, I don't feel we, we should feel complacent about, though, because this is bound to happen again. And that is why this war is so dangerous, not only for all the people that are being killed in Ukraine today, but for the potential of it becoming a direct war between Russia and NATO and potentially a nuclear war. Well, it's interesting that uh, the Biden administration sought to defuse the, a little bit uh, the response to uh, this particular missile attack, because right now the G20 groups are, are meeting out in uh, Bali uh, while the rest of the world is meeting uh, for COP27 about climate. And the reports have been is that Biden has really been pushing the G20 countries to be more aggressive uh, about Russia, starting with uh, imposing some caps on the price that they're willing to pay uh, for Russian uh, oil and gas. So it certainly seems that the Biden administration is continuing to try to escalate uh, the tensions with Russia. Well, the Biden administration is very divided. When you see the head of the Joint Chief of Staffs, um, uh, Mark Milley saying that uh, the winter time is a good time to uh, ease the war, to seize the moment, to go to the negotiating table. And then he gets pushed back from people in the administration uh, that are uh, totally content to keep this war going and see Ukrainians dying every day in their effort to weaken Russia. So I don't feel that there is a unified message coming from the Biden administration now, but it does show that there is tremendous concern about uh, an, an intentional or unintentional direct conflict with Russia. 
And that is evidenced by the fact that there are talks going on not between Putin and Biden and not between the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, who should be talking to his counterpart in Russia, but between the head of the CIA, the head of the National Security Council and the Secretary of Defense, because they don't want to see this expanded. Well, this has become, you know, uh, a very nasty war of attrition. The longer the war goes on, obviously, the more people are, are, are being killed on uh, both both sides. What, what are the real prospects for at some point, uh, especially with, you know, the Ukraine seem to be making some real advances that some type of negotiated settlement or at least ceasefire might come about? Well, Americans should not believe the narrative that we often hear in the mainstream media that this is a war that can be won by the Ukrainians. Every time there is an advance being made, there is a response from Russia. For example, when the Russians retreated from Kherson, which was seen as a, uh, a victory for Ukraine, then immediately Russia responded by lobbing all of these missiles and destroying more of the electrical grid and leaving more millions of Ukrainians um, in, in the dark and potentially in the very, very cold this winter. Uh, so there, for every action, there is a reaction. This is not a winnable war. We hear that from the generals, both former and ones in power now, saying it's not going to be won on the battlefield. And so I think um, it is the most rational thing to say, if this war is going to be solved at the negotiating table, why aren't we pushing for negotiations? And that's what the American people have to do more, Mark, which is to push our members of Congress and the White House to take a rational position to say we need a ceasefire and negotiations. Now, I, I did not pay attention to Tuesday night's announcement. At least I didn't listen to it that uh, Mr. Trump is running again for the White House. But apparently he was trying to make the argument, well, if I was president, this war wouldn't be going on or something along that line. He has said that at his various campaign rallies. And he mentioned last night, you get Biden and you get war. You had Trump and you had peace. And uh, of course, it's not true, but it's the narrative that he's putting out there. He says that he would have talked to Putin and the war would have never happened. And perhaps that is true. But the important thing to understand is that he knows that this is a message that resonates with a strong base, not only of in the Republican Party, but the American people in general. And I think the Democratic Party is doing itself a tremendous, tremendous disservice, as well as a disservice to the Ukrainian people uh, by uh, shooting down the messengers within the Democratic Party, like the 30 progressive Congress people who said uh, we should be calling for negotiations uh, by making them withdraw that letter to Biden and walk that back. Uh, they are leaving the peacemaking position, uh, the one of the Republicans and not only Trump, uh, but the 57 Republicans who voted against the $40 billion package. And there's another package that will be coming up soon. Let's see what the Republicans do about that. Uh, and it's, um, it's often the extreme right-wing Republicans who are picking up the banner of making peace, which just does not make any sense at all. But the American people, if they're looking for a way out of this to stop sending tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine and use it instead to help people here at home, uh, they're going to be looking for what party that is. And right now, 
the Democratic Party is more uh, clearly the party of war. Now, most you know American peace groups, while recognizing that certainly the United States and NATO have been provoking Russia for many years by continuing to expand NATO, most American peace groups have condemned the Russian invasion uh, of the United States as, as, as being illegal and an act of war. But they're also seeing a pretty strong agreement among most peace groups that the United States should not be, you know, arming uh, any side in any war because that just belongs the killing. It appears likely that the Republicans will have a narrow margin control uh, in the House. Democrats will still control the Senate. Will that change around any of the dynamics in terms of what the United States does in terms of um, this particular war? I don't think it will change the dynamics in terms of sending military or allocating um, there's another $23 billion package that will come up. I think that will pass because all of the Democrats will vote for it and the Hawks and the Republican Party will vote for it as well. But hopefully what it will do is bring up more of a discussion about this war and about the U.S. position and um, perhaps allow for some of these Democrats who felt pushed back when they called for negotiations uh, to get a spine and start doing that again. And that depends a lot on their constituents. If they start hearing more from us, because the 57 Republicans who voted against the $40 billion package, many of them said they did so because they were hearing from their base. We've been talking with uh, Medea Benjamin, and this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk magazine.